This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Sex Talk on cliffcentral.com. It is three minutes past ten on Friday morning. This is John T. Searle, and Tamara is rubbing her hands with glee because... I'm just so excited. Christopher's here, and uh, he's already he's already kind of like, oh, you're doing the same thing from last time I was here. And I'm like, no, I have so many new things to tell him. Okay. Yes, and I'm excited. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Morning, Anastasia. Good morning. It's great to be back. We missed you last week. I missed you guys. But you were doing good things? I was doing very good things. I was educating a group of fantastic young psychology interns at a university, and I was presenting my brand of workshop, which I term Deconstructing Sex, Gender, and All That Shit TM. Good, because that's what we need so much of. Morning, Christopher. Good morning, and how are you doing? It's so nice to see you. I know, it's been a while, hey? Uh, yeah, we've been trying to get it together for weeks. I know, gosh, what can I say? So much to talk about. Do you guys just <laughs> yes. not find each other on Grinders? is that it? It's just we keep missing each other. You know, he goes to Zoo Lake, I go to Emerentia, and yeah. we just end up with these different people. Star-crossed. Yeah. But they keep each other updated. At least, <laughs> yeah, we share the pictures. Okay. <laughs> share the pictures and the aftertaste. Just sorry, had to That's be nasty. Interesting. Got right? there tomorrow. I mean, really, got really, there. really, <laughs> really. But you know, there is like an aftertaste. There is, there is. If you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, the aftertaste sometimes linger for mm. hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Smell, taste, yeah. Yeah, kind of little flavor on your lips and every time. Oh, oh right, and mm. the fingers. Don't mm-hmm. forget the fingers. Absolutely. Okay. Just, huh? Yeah? Where, where, where do your fingers go? I missed all of that because I was staring at Christopher's t-shirt and figuring out that it is geeky and dorky and nerdy in all the right ways. That is a Luke Skywalker walking in 8080. That's it. On a leash. That's it. Stunning. Geek I am. There we go. So let us start here this morning because this is kind of really interesting. I had lots of fun with this. Ninja sex. Chocolate starfish. Today's dirty dictionary word is Gonzo porn. Gonzo porn. Dirty dictionary word. Gonzo porn. Any guesses, Christopher? Not in the slightest, unless it's a Muppet or something. Gonzo wants porn. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow, rule 34 match, guys. And the there porn monster. Yeah. There we go. Fuck my ass. No, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Anastasia, okay. that goes ad- my childhood. <laughs> any ideas? Um, I'm pretty sure that that is porn that's filmed on a GoPro. GoPro. Okay, interesting one. Tomorrow? It maybe is uh, something that has to do with kind of a shortcut, shortcut of gorgonzola cheese and uh, <laughs> sex, which some people maybe have a fetish for. Okay, that's know. an interesting one. So and I'm not saying me. Okay. So the, the, <laughs> no. the crew outside sent some very interesting guesses in during the week. First one was, someone who leaves straight after sex, gone, zo. <laughs> Get it? Makes okay. sense, yeah. yeah. The next one was a kind of fetish where you're just about to do a number two and somebody sticks their penis in and pushes the poo back in. Oh my, no, that's just you know, wrong. Do you know that <laughs> no, that's, that's a good gay pickup line? Absolutely. I'm not Why? a doctor or anything, but I don't think that's going to well, work. Well, you are a doctor and it's not going to work. <laughs> just something will come in and something will go out. Mm. What did you say, Chris? It's a good gay pickup line. Why? May I push your stool in? Oh, my word. I think that's wow, all right. I get that one, and it's funny. That's that's like one up on the first joke. And the third one was when you knock a chick up unwantedly and kick her down the stairs. I didn't quite understand that one, but that's quite a hectic one. Yeah, I'm, I disapprove <laughs> of that 
definition and to have a submitted And then people say that, you know, normal people don't have mm. fetishes or ideas. You know, this is just the peanut gallery outside. Well, you know, you just ask them those are the kind of well, things not normal that by these any people, of means. never mind what normal is because no one's normal. But if that is the sort of thing that these people are coming up with, <laughs> I don't know if I feel safe walking into exactly. the studio every Friday well, morning. Well, you shouldn't feel safe walking in the street anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Never mind the street. The street is safe. The studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So please join our conversation this morning on. None of you know the number <laughs> of her. Oh, eight six one five 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 one eight nine. On uh, WeChat, message to screen. We are on Twitter. On what account today? Uh, we'll be well. We're kind of going to tag everybody, but it's basically the Cliff, um, the Sex Talk Cliff C. Okay. Yeah, and John T. Obviously. Okay, Eros Life SA. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. So. The discussion this morning came about from a few different places. The first one, and the one that impressed the heck out of me a little while ago that I came up with, was after last night. Oh. <laughs> after last night, <laughs> Come, let's which was positive. SSONA, which is what is the sexual state of our nation? Right. Which is kind of where we are this morning. Exactly. And... Over the last couple of weeks, Cliff Central has been involved in some fascinating conversations about race, about politics, about the past, about where we're going, about our own prejudice, about our own bias. Um, And we have really put a lot of stuff on the table. There have been some phenomenal discussions. And I realize that we are not having the same discussions about sexuality. Mm. We're not having the same discussions about gender. We're not having the same discussions about relationships. We don't have the platforms for it. We don't have the forums for it. And the impact of that is huge on so many levels in our society. Why are we not having those same discussions? What do we do to change that? What do we do to bring this out into the light? And that is where we're going this morning. So that's what came about yeah it's, it's a good it's a good time mm. it's a good time yeah well, if it's a sex of what what did you call it sex state the of sexual nation. state of the sexual, nation yeah then we all fucked yeah <laughs> and not in a and not in a good way no <laughs> no lube no lube yeah. so not in a good way bend over and take it honey. that's it and why are these sexual discussions so important to have So for me, the starting point is so much of our identity as men and women, our personal identity is in our sexuality. Our authenticity, honesty, and openness in the definition of ourselves very often starts there. And to be able to acknowledge that and all that we are comes out into the way that we have relationships, the way that we conduct ourselves with other people with society at large and gives us the space to be accepting of others. So we're doing that on a racial level. Why are we not doing it on a sexual level? What's the fear? And there was an interesting story that I heard this week from somebody that um, We can't mention names here. So here's the scenario. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) There is an office in a shopping center where Beefcakes is. They were working late at this particular office. Hmm. Somebody said, let's order burgers from Beefcakes for supper. And one guy says, no, it's so gay. The energy is gay. And it's like, what do you think? You're going to walk in there and this gay energy is going to kind of make you gay or it's going to kind of infect you with what? I don't think Anastasia even wants to listen to this question. I'm, to I'm just a little bit upset because it means that they're onto our secret plan. We were lacing the burgers and <laughs> cakes, and that's, that's how it. we were turning the world to queer. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. That's evil, Dr. Evil. So if we it put is. That's why they call me Dr. Evil. Duh. <laughs> if we put these sexual conversations on the table, what is going to happen? The world is going to end. Yes. Mm. Simply put, that's it. And Without the Messiah coming first. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I, can the Messiah have multiple orgasms? That's well. another story. Okay, that's that's <laughs> not really for this like week. Do they really like the white donkey? Yeah. How, how much like? Yeah. How much? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. What's? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but 
the, it's, have, you, have you ever seen? You know, you, you understand the size. It's, it's just, okay, continue, Anastasia. Yeah. Tomorrow's um, off on her own tangent again. I'm just thinking about the And then she orgasms. Yeah, then she orgasms. What do you want? All right, so what I, what I want to say is, you know, I think the events of the past couple of weeks have demonstrated that we don't have the kind of dialogue that we need to have surrounding a lot of different issues. And definitely race is one of them. And we're trying to take steps. And maybe this has kind of cast the light onto the idea that we aren't having these conversations that we need to be having. But definitely, it extends beyond the boundaries of race. Yeah. And what's really important, especially from the kind of perspective that I have, and speaking now as someone who defines herself as an intersectional feminist, is to understand how these different sort of factors all work together. So the example that I'll give, you know, say you've got say you've got a woman living out in the township and she's queer. Now she faces oppression and marginalization on a couple of different axes, right? She's black and that counts for something. So already she's a little bit lower on the ladder. She's a woman and that counts for something. Already she's thought less of by society. Now she's queer and that in itself is another threat. Mm. So those separate axes of discrimination all play a part. And until we start understanding that we need to talk about all of them, you can't sweep the one under the rug and say, all right, so we're tackling racism. That's the biggest evil in society. All of these things are part of the same entity. And that entity is designed to keep people down, to oppress them, to strip them of their agency. And that was very much my thinking in posing the questions was to say that our sexuality, our sexual identity is linked to every single aspect of our lives. It absolutely That's is. Nothing it in absolutely a way that is. Not much else and is. when we start talking about why is it such a taboo, mm. why can't we talk about this? You have to understand, you have to break down the reasons why it's threatening mm. to the power structures that exist. Yeah. Because one of the kind of soapboxes that I teach a lot is the transformational power of sexuality. Right. Personal transformation and the bigger picture of that is the social transformation that a sexually free person is a free person and cannot really be controlled. And that becomes such a threat. It's a threat. To it's society. It's absolutely a yeah. threat. I mean, I'm, I'm going to mention, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but did you catch that story about the bursaries in KZN? Mm -mm. The maiden oh, bursary. Oh, 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 no. Yeah, Chris is with me. I Chris signed has heard about those. Horrible, horrible Dr. T also uh, yeah. Yeah. promoted it. I, I told signed. you, Dr. T and I assisted. Yeah, you are. So and I signed it. The, the basic idea right. there was bursaries for education contingent on virginity testing. Oh, I saw that. Right. Yeah. Does it ring a bell? Yeah. Now, that is twisted and perverted on so mm. many different mm. levels. But it's, it's really saying, you know, firstly, sexuality is wrong. Secondly, your sexuality is a commodity mm. that you can trade for, mm. in this case, education. And it's really just disempowering. And that somebody that's else is controlling. Absolutely. It. And there's a double standard because mm. what about the boys' bursaries? Why is that not contingent on? So we're sending a message that's mm. different. We're saying to the boys, go knock up girls as many as you want. It's fine. Have Especially unprotected if you don't want sex. Them educated. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's encouraging subjugation and it's educational subjugation mm. and it's sexual. Mm. And that's a huge, huge ill in society. Yeah. So Christopher, what's going to happen if we were all sexually free? Well, I'm here. <laughs> Start. You, you know, what I, what I was thinking about this mm. is, is actually the moment you start talking about others, we know that that's a problem. Or yeah. it's, it's using they and them and mm. all of those sort of things. And we do that, and especially around sex, mm. we, we talk, oh, they are, those heterosexuals are so promiscuous. Yeah, mm. but those straights are the worst. Come on. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but you know that's the other other side yeah. of the story. I, don't worry if you do identify as straight. I love you guys. Some of my best oh, friends are straight. That's really nice. So, Thank you so much. Hashtag damaged yeah. straights, but it's okay. <laughs> but the, but the whole the whole point is we either make people into into others, mm. and it's just that assumption that whatever we are is right. Yeah. And if we were sexually free, to answer your your, your question, we. It would free us up on so many other levels mm, absolutely. to be able to talk about difference, differences without mm. denigrating anybody. Yeah, and that's a huge thing because so much – and I think we judge sexuality more harshly than we judge any other single factor 
Mm. The stakes are higher. Yeah. You know, we're always, what if someone finds out about my sexuality? Mm. And we're not allowed to embrace it. Because more political scandals happen around sexuality than any other single factor. Other stuff goes away. You steal money, you embezzle money, Mm. you're forgiven, you pay it back. Something happens, not the end of the world. You're the American president, you get a blowjob. That just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. That's it. Because he doesn't eat pineapple, so it yes, doesn't exactly. taste so good. So. <laughs> but there's a whole thing going on. One one of the uh, states in yes. the United, United States where they've just legislated against mm. anal sex, whereas their, their water is undrinkable. Mm. It's un, uh, the, the water's not potable. So basically, their citizens don't have clean water, but they've legislated against anal sex. Yeah. Got look, your priorities. Straight. And look what's happening in, in Ecuador with the Rica thing. Yeah. Is um, that Zika? Zika. Zika. Oh, yeah. We can talk about Zika. Yeah, telling women not to get pregnant not because of. And they're yeah. not making contraception available. Not, it's a no Catholic contraception, country. no abortion, and no one is talking to the men See, and the, saying, don't impregnate it's women. The perfect country to go and teach them all about oral and anal sex. Cause that I don't know if it is. I think, you'd, I think they'd kill you. I think they might stone you. <laughs> oh my word. I'm sorry. I, was a, I didn't know that we still have those discussions around the world. But that's the thing that we are. In every other area of life, we are expanding, we're growing, we're looking mm. at political systems, we're looking at financial systems. Even in a small way, look what's happened in Iceland, where they actually jailed bankers. Brilliant. For the whole collapse. Yeah. They jailed bankers, yeah. they gave everybody in the country money. They're mm. forgiving people who got into debt because of that system. Yeah, absolutely and right. firstly, there's been a media blanket of that in America. Because God forbid somebody should get an idea. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then beyond that, here's a country that's starting to look at a different system that will work. We're doing that politically around the world, mm. different ways mm. of looking mm. at it. We're doing it with education. And I had to have a little chuckle because there was a report a little while ago. 16,000 tablets are outstanding from the matric class oh, in yes. South Africa from last year. You think the education department has a chance of getting them back? Maybe a thousand if they're lucky. Mm. But, but, <laughs> and, and then they're, they're very surprised. Yeah. But they're looking at it and we're changing educational yeah. systems. Yeah. We're changing political systems, economic systems, social systems. Why are we not changing sexual systems? Well, this is the thing. The progress is slow. And the way that this institution, this patriarchal institution functions is to scapegoat. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about. It's always assigning that blame and yeah. often... It's assigning the blame to the victim. You know, we live in a society where if a woman is raped, it's her fault. It's because of the way she dressed. It's because of where Mm -hmm. she went. Mm -hmm. It's because she didn't do this and this and this. And we're not saying, oh, you were wrong for raping someone. Mm -hmm. You know, it was... It was she brought it on herself. And that's exactly what we do. That's what's happening with Zika. That's why we're blaming women for getting pregnant. That's what's happening with the bursaries where we're persecuting them for having sexuality. And that's really the thing. And it extends. It's not just, so that's along gender lines. But that's huge, that idea of safety. And I had such an amazing example of it this week, a female client of mine who is starting for the first time in her life to feel more sexual, to come into her sexuality, went somewhere on a, a business appointment and was dressed in a short skirt, but she doesn't dress provocatively. Yeah. So short does not mean kind of like pelmet helmet type thing. Yeah. You know, it was just a shortish skirt. She was wearing a blouse and she said she was in a, a reasonably industrial area. She felt for the first time in her life unsafe. Yeah. And it was purely from the point of view of being a sexual woman. That shouldn't that's, be happening. That's, but, you know, even that, the fact that a woman is subject mm. to sexualization in that kind of inappropriate environment, that is a symptom of sexism. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is she was dressed appropriately for work. But everyone is saying, oh, no, that's... And it comes back. Mm. I mean, you'll remember last year there was this... Fury at U.S. schools where girls were wearing tops that yeah. exposed their shoulders and saying, oh, you're distracting all the boys. And I mean, it's it's just indicative of this attitude mm. that a woman's role in life is to be a sexual object. Why are they sexualized? Mm. That's where the problem is. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, it, it comes down to just saying the way you dress, the way you dress makes makes it you wrong. Yeah. And you can't be wrong. 
with with that. Yeah, it's mm. body shaming, it's clothing shaming, yeah. it's you know we have this this perverse twisted relationship where we all understand that body positivity is a good thing Mm. but we won't let you have it you know as soon as you are body positive and you wear that skirt that sure it shows your legs why is it a problem we punish you for it Mm. and those that's the clothing that's being sold in edgar's stutterfords woolworths wherever you know yeah how many products sell through a sexual connection. Well, that's the thing. I, mean, I was driving here this morning, and there's this huge billboard on the side of the road somewhere, you know, one of those moving billboards. Yeah. And it's advertising business cards and printing. Yeah. And, and what's the picture on the billboard? A woman in a bikini. Yeah, absolutely right. What the fuck no, is that? No, come on. Come on, John T. That, is, that makes perfect sense. Of course it I mean, makes perfect sense. Yeah. It got your attention, didn't it? So exactly that's the point. Yeah, I, I get but that. No, but it's, and, it's, you know what I, I think, and uh, this is just... Something that that's been really bothering me that you the, you use it to provoke you use the body mm. to provoke mm. because it's a powerful image it is a powerful thing to our body is a powerful thing and we've been hiding it for thousands of years okay we've been shaming we've been feeling shame about it definitely we are keep on having this discussion about religion that so often we get this almost subconscious subconscious idea that we don't even know where it came from but it is coming from a place of being shamed mm. and. Yes, you use it to provoke, you use it to, 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 to get along in life, you put wherever you want people to look at you, and then it's so wrong when it comes to actual life, you just want to be on the billboard. Well, it's this amazing paradox that we've created and this total contradiction where we want everything to be sexual, but as soon as somebody expresses that, particularly a woman expresses the power of her sexuality in whatever way, she's condemned for it. That's the thing, because you have to ask yourself the question, who benefits from the sexualization of a particular thing? And depending on the answer, it will tell you whether it's acceptable or it isn't. And that's like the whole debate around, is it objectifying or is it empowering? Mm. You know, if, if... I'm going to pose for photographs in my underwear. That can be something that's very empowering. If I have agency over it and I'm saying, this is me and my body positivity mm-hmm. and I'm owning it. But at the same time, it can be exploited and I can be yeah. objectified. We have- and that's, that's what determines mm-hmm. it. Who has the power? If the institution has the power, then it's okay. But if I have the power, then it's suddenly it's socially unacceptable. Because we have that on so many workshops and events where somebody comes, like the water massage, for example, mm-hmm. and somebody gets into a pool whether they're nude or whether they're wearing a bathing costume or underwear, it doesn't really matter. And they engage with other people in a way that's sensual, but authentic and emotional and honest. And afterwards, regardless of what people look like, they say, I feel beautiful. But it's one of the, those water massages in particular is one mm. of the best things for me. It breaks down mm. so many of my prejudices mm. around Bodies and body images, and you get to see straight past that into the person. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, you know, people who go and have um, like a boudoir photo shoot, for example, a woman who's big, who sees herself as beautiful, sometimes for the first time in her life. And that really is, it's an amazing, mm. amazing thing. You know, there's a fascinating thing happening in Arizona. There was a, um, a temple of conscious sexuality that has been prosecuted for being a brothel. And the sheriff or the county prosecutor or the whatever is hell-bent on prosecuting this. And last week, two weeks ago, the case actually started in court after a long, 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 long time. So one of the first things that they did was they called as a witness a guy who owns a whole lot of brothels in Nevada. He owns more brothels than anybody else. Mm. And they sent him to have an experience here. And he came out and he said... This is so far from a brothel, and what these people are doing is so far from what that is in so many different ways. But yet, the healing that comes from that, the beauty that comes Mm. from that, and people are hell-bent on destroying it. Yeah, but even that, I mean, I I always break these things down to the fundamental level. So let's say it is a brothel. Why is that Mm. necessarily problematic by itself you know and that's and again you know it comes down to like a catch-22 we spoke about the woman in the short skirt at the business Mm. meeting if she dresses in a floor-length skirt you know what people say about her yes yeah exactly they say oh she's so frumpy she Mm. doesn't Mm. care about her Mm. appearance she's not attractive it's going to limit her opportunities so it's kind of like damned if you do and damned Damned if if you you don't don't. so we've created this total contradiction that cannot create happiness well absolutely right and it comes down to it comes down to sex work as Mm. well and that's one of the issues that i feel very strongly about because that is a marginalized oppressed 
disadvantaged group who are so disempowered. Mm. And mm. we go and post, you know, if you have transactional sex, if you buy sex from a prostitute, you know who gets arrested? The prostitutes. Yes. Yeah. But that's always been the same. In how many religious communities, when a woman commits adultery, is she stoned or vilified exactly. and punished? Not Exactly. The she can be raped and she will get punished for it. Yeah. And those are the attitudes that we have to dismantle. When, when I was about 11 years old, we, there was a, a little girl about my age who was raped in our community. And... Um, Absolutely horrendous. Everybody knew about it. It it was a huge splash. And a couple of weeks afterwards, she was riding around her suburb and she was wearing sort of those Daisy Duke shorts. Mm -hmm. And there was a cabal of old ladies, well, mothers, who came out and really vilified her. She's asking for it. She's done everything. This is an 11 year old child. Mm who before that was very quiet and suddenly she had to come to terms with the most enormous th- problem in her life. Mm. And she was just going into puberty. So so she was exploring a little bit her sexuality. And it, it, I, I remember it to this day. It was the most horrific thing how the the community turned on her. We're not addressing the problem. We never address the problem. We address only the when it comes to... Some, yeah, to yeah when, exactly. Yeah. But the Catholic Church this week came out with some kind of statement that they're making some kind of law that it, if a priest abuses a child, they are not bound to report it. That the priest isn't bound. Yeah, and if somebody in the community, the community can report it independently, but the, the church, church will doesn't. not take on the responsibility of well, yeah. reporting this. Well, they can't afford so it. So fucking done with religion. Really? So fucking done with religion. Oh, yeah, and and we should talk because we've got a we've got a buddy in Midrand who's mm-hmm. dodging yeah. the police. We just got known, a message about it from, known from pedophile, Brad. right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the thing. We protect the wrongdoers yeah. because we're afraid of what happens if we don't. That's where the power is seated and we can't threaten that. But you yeah. know, it goes all the way up to, to the Supreme Court and courts. At this. It's actually a case that happened in Israel now to a sister of a very good friend of mine. But it's happening well, we've seen it here even with the, the murder case with Oscar Pistorius. It's all about evidence. But a woman was his sister was raped by one of her, f- he used to be a friend seven years before the rape, and he roofied her. He put oh, this uh, mm. drug in her. They sat in, it's like, how are you? Let's get together. She was single at the time. They sat together. He put something in a drink. He raped her. She woke up just a little bit earlier than he suspected. And he kept on raping her while she's getting, gaining conscious. And she opened it up. She wasn't, she didn't want to hush it because she actually saw it. She, she didn't tell anybody. And then a few years later, she saw it on the news and she said she thought it, she's the only one it happened to. And she went all the way to open it up in court. And the court said that because it was a few years later and because of all these things, it's very hard and very difficult to prove. But the issue is that even the fact that she gave and she explained how it was and everything, they even that they twisted it around. Mm. It wasn't even what she said that was actually registered in court. The lawyers twisted it around. It was for her. She came clean. She said, this is my story. I just thought it's only happened to me. Now there I see there's other women involved. But it was amazing to see how little support she got, mm. even mm. though she was willing to go and test herself and test in a truth, uh, whatever. The point is that there you, we had this chat with Dr. T as well and with Alna about if you even have the courage to address a problem, what happens then? Mm. You go and you say to the police, you say to the judges, you say to the lawyers, you come to talk to your family. What happens? Usually there is so much ignorance and there's so much lack of support. So you think, why should I? Why should I go through that thing of, you know, I'm talking to Anastasia. She tells me about, she teaches doctors and people, but they're not aware even what is sexual orientation. They're mm. not even being taught that. So if it start there, when they're going to meet a, a customer or a patient, what's going to happen then? Where are we? It's, it's all going back to education at the yeah. end of the day. There's a fascinating article in terms of that that's come out this week, very challenging, that says what happens if we told our kids that sex was for pleasure? Wow. So tell us what happens. <laughs> they'll actually learn something very, very different. And fair chance they'll learn about honoring and respect. Because mm-hmm. one of the biggest fears from educators that keeps coming up is if we give kids more sexy education, they're going to be more sexual. 
when every study that's done has proven Proved that the opposite, the opposite is true. Completely the, the more education they have, the more knowledge they have, mm. the more responsible they become. That's it. Full stop. Because we have to understand that by limiting education and information, we are not acting in anyone's best interest. No. Exactly. That's the problem. And it is this exercise in power. And until people are ready to let go of it and to allow those people who have been subjugated to be uplifted, we're not making progress. And everything in sexuality or so much is actually more about power than anything else. It is. It's absolute power. That rape is much more about power over somebody rather than Six. Oh, mm. Yeah, no one, no one rapes out of horniness. No. I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. No, it's all power. You don't do it to get your rocks off. No. That is power play. And I it think is. in in what I have seen so much of is what we've created is generations of men with so much anger, anger, insecurity. Insecurity is mm. a big one. Yeah, mm. and the way that it comes out is in if I can suppress you, I can feel a level of power in some way. Absolutely right. We want people to be dependent on that because it's validating. It says, yeah, you know, don't worry about those insecurities. People are reliant on you. You call the shots. You're the big boss. So Brad says something interesting. We teach children that becoming a criminal is wrong all the time. That doesn't make them want to be a criminal. (laughs) Nice one, yeah. So if we teach them that sex is for pleasure, what's going to happen? Are they going to go out and... No, they're not. Well, I mean, they're going to find out themselves. Yeah. You know, but but the way they find out is the problem. And that's the problem. And that's where we need to kind of take this conversation now more into the consequences of what it is that we've done. So we have these incredibly high levels of teenage pregnancy. Yeah. We have incredibly high levels of STIs across the board in so many different ways. We have sitting in the studio somebody who has amazing skill, who really wants to contribute to society and because of a gender definition cannot register to practice as a doctor. Yeah. And and lives are being destroyed, the unhappiness around it. You know, in my work, I and I've had a week of the most amazing healing that has had me in tears many times this week because of what people have been able to do. But so many of the stories around sexuality, the judgment of that, that a mother found out that her 19-year-old daughter, an adult, having sex without being married, stops talking to her for five years. Another mother who spoke to her daughter about sex and then burst into tears. How can that be about pleasure, about orgasm? And that's just on a small Mm. individual scale. But those stories are indicative of the bigger stories happening all around. The hatred of gay people, the corrective rape because you're a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all about fear. It is fair. And one it of is the, fair. And well, I mean, homophobia is fair. Well, it, it yeah. really is. Like that story you know, about beef really beefcakes, exactly. Because here's these waiters that are running around topless. Who are generally straight, I might Yeah, add. absolutely. Yeah. And, and this guy said, but what's going to come out of the kitchen? The kitchen staff are not gay people. <laughs> They're people working <laughs> in a kitchen have, making burgers. You know, I have a problem with it on multiple levels. And yeah. the one is... Firstly, you know, gayness is not transmissible. You don't catch it. You know, it's <laughs> no, either, really either you're gay or you're straight. Yes, we are, oh, because people amazing. believe this shit. Okay. So, you know, you are what you are, and mm. you're born that way. And sometimes you go through phases, and you figure it out, and you explore, and you develop, and you understand your sexuality mm. better. But you are what you are, and you mm. cannot change it. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, what is so terrible if you are gay? That's Why it. is it an evil? Yeah. Why do we have that idea? Yeah, like gay people are wonderful, but I wouldn't want my kid to be one. That's because yeah. the next thing is what happens if you're in the gym and you're changing in the change room and there's a gay man or a gay woman there. Oh my yeah. God. Do it's you like, think that just because that person is gay, they're interested in you? Get you over yourself. I'm sorry. I have high standards That's and it. I'm not attracted to you just because you're a woman. That's it. I'm not attracted to you unless you are. You are you pointing at me? 
I just no, I'm just pointing out. <laughs> okay, no, because yeah. I'm seeing you pointing at me, so I just want to. Mara's know. decided to take it personally. Yes. She's she's going to call Israeli vendetta on me, and there will be a blood feud for generations. <laughs> no, no, no. Brad's no, very no. happy he's been infected by this gay disease. The STGs. That's it. STGs. Yeah. And yeah. you think you know it is the most absurd notion that. Just because you're a man, that you have a cock, that there's somebody who's gay who's interested. Yeah, to be threatened by someone else's sexuality is it is the height of yeah. arrogance. But it comes from our own fear because we are not comfortable with our own sexuality. And the interesting thing, and this comes out more and more and more, because how many of these priests and religious leaders mm. across the board who rail against this have been caught? Well, cottaging. It's the polite term, I That's think. That's it. Cottaging. Yeah. And it happens, I don't know, it's probably weekly in the world today. I think it's daily in the or world today. Or with a prostitute, or with somebody who is into bondage, or, you know. But that is that is the thing. You have to get over your own guilt and shame. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I wrote a story. Yourself. Oh, yeah. I wrote a story this week, and this was very interesting. This was about the, the intersection of disability and queer identity. And it was written by, I don't know if you saw this in your networks, Chris, but it was written by a, a gay man who's crippled, disabled, wheelchair-bound. And his experience in actually hiring a prostitute to explore his sexuality mm. and getting over the guilt and the shame mm. associated with that. And he describes the most wonderful, beautiful experience that he had, so healing and so fulfilling, mm. and nothing in the least shameful about it. Go back to that movie, The Sessions, with yeah. um, Helen Hunt. Yeah. And yeah. and Faisal, who we had on the show. Yeah. Masturbating mm. his disabled son. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Totally right. vilified by his community. Absolutely. He has right. a strong belief in the illegality of sex work. Yeah. But he understand he understands the the needs and the yeah that's the physical wants. emotional need that's it. But you know that's again that's the intersectionality of it. Mm. You know if you're disabled and you're queer, even if you're not queer, even if mm. you're just disabled, you know suddenly you don't have a right to your own sexuality. Mm, you know you're lesser because of that, and it's another way that we disempower people through sexuality, which is what we're talking about. I was on a live campsite a while a while back. I wasn't on. I was just mm. watching the live campsite. Mm. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. We we do it. We do it. (laughs) But and there was there was a a boy in Paris who also wheelchair bound and um, very uh, legs were very weak and couldn't walk and all that sort of. But the number of hits he had and people interacting with him Mm. were amazing. And you know, if you go on those sites, there are all these muscle bound, body beautiful, and yet he had a huge. Following of people who were just chatting and being mm. interested and understanding his sexuality, which was really, really brilliant. Beautiful. Mm. I wonder. But it, yeah. Is he still on? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, Shall I haven't we been check? on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> where do you find yeah. people from Paris, by the way? How do you know where they're sitting? Cam 4. Okay. C-A-M 4. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Dunk, did you get that? <laughs> Duncan got it. Okay. <laughs> and it comes down to such personal shame within ourselves. So where do we change this? Because we start looking at how do we change the racial thing, for example, the attitudes that we have. And the first part of that comes with actually starting to interact with different people to say, let's have a conversation. Mm. Let's find out what we have in common rather than what separates us. Well, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I think the first thing is dialogue because yeah, yeah. we don't understand what people whose experiences are different to our own go mm. through. And they are the experts and they are the authority. So you have to consult. You have to ask mm. them. You know, if you want to know what the experience is like for a black person, you can't be told that by someone who's white. No, you, you know, someone who's assume. straight, absolutely not. Mm. You cannot assume. So that's mm. the one thing. And the other thing is that we have to own what we've done. And the damage who, that we have done, we yeah. need to take responsibility and for we it. we are... In that. Absolutely and right. We don't get to sweep it under the rug. We don't get to say apartheid is over and none of this ever happened. We don't get to say society should be colorblind. It does not oh, work yeah. like I that. I had an amazing conversation with somebody who does a show on the station. It was after the press conference a few weeks ago. We went and had lunch and we were talking. And he said, you know, he started looking at this within himself. Within himself. And he said... I've never been attracted to a black woman and then started kind of tracing the conversation to say that there are probably in an age range 10 or 15 million women who are black 
who would be eligible for him to have a relationship with. And he realized the absurdity mm. of that statement of saying that in those 15 odd million women, of course there's going to be somebody who's going to be attracted to, if not more. It's the most absurd thing to make those blanket statements. And one of the best resources for starting to own our sexuality, a friend of mine, and if you go back a few months, you'll find the podcast of the interview that we did with Galen Fuss in America, written an amazing book that's online called Decoding Your Kink. So he works a lot with fetish sexuality, but the basic idea is our own sexual authenticity, whatever that is, because our personal identity as a man or a woman is in that is or someone who's neither or both or of outside of that yeah, what, exactly that's it mm-hmm. thank you very mm-hmm. much yeah but it becomes and that's it and i look at even myself in that statement and i work with such a range of people and very often find myself in that very narrow band and that's what it is and i got so excited last week because a lesbian couple is coming on monday to learn yoni massage Oh, wow. The excitement of that for me is that here are people who are willing to go beyond a limitation to say, he's a man, he can't teach me anything. And the beauty of that for me is it's mind-blowing. And the honor to share that, to say, wow, regardless of who you might love, who you might enjoy sex with, we can share Something. I chatted with somebody a few days ago and he said uh, that he wasn't aware to the fact that he's a racist actually because he never considers considered himself as one. Mm. And through the process of actually doing an MBA, he started understanding mm. and he started questioning. So it, it's mm. interesting when you put yourself in a questioning position of like just dealing with yourself, it's, if it's through studying, if it's through engagement, if it's through your sexual journey. And he said that he actually started going consciously to his all his black friends and say, guys, I'm a racist. I'm working on it. I want you to know I'm working on it. I'm not okay with it. So it's almost like saying I'm an alcoholic, you know, and I love you. It's, it was like that. And, and I said, do you really feel obligated to go to each person? He said, yes, because I'm lying to them. I'm not true and I'm condescending mm. and I'm patronizing. Same thing happens with your sexual ex- exploration. If you just allow yourself to say yes, I am afraid that I might get gay if I'll be next to gay people because that's what I was taught. If you just admit yourself that you're vulnerable, that you are afraid, things will start to change. Yeah, and but at it, the acknowledgement of that within ourselves mm-hmm. and to and the biggest thing for that is the judgment that is going to come when we admit to certain aspects of our sexuality. Well, that's the thing and and really the the reflex is to become defensive mm. mm-hmm. about it. And it doesn't matter if we talk about race or gender or sexuality or whatever it is. Mm. It's oh no, I'm not that and you get very defensive. And I'm 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 going to share a mind-blowing secret with you now just on the subject that tomorrow mentioned if a man has sex with another man it does not necessarily make him gay and yet somehow looking at a picture of a topless man will make i mean it's bullshit so duncan has just asked the question what does it make him i'll tell you exactly what it makes him duncan makes him somebody who's open to being more of a human being, more of a sensual being, more of a pleasured being. Mm. And he also understands else. his own sexuality. So if, after this encounter, he is straight mm. and he claims that label and he identifies as straight, then he has explored his sexuality and he's probably straighter than a lot of straight guys out there. And yeah. And and it's like broccoli, you know, you, you can't say you don't, <laughs> don't like, eat you, broccoli. You don't eat broccoli, you don't like it until you've tried it. That's it. And I have to tell you that there's, <laughs> there's a whole range of vegetables, not a whole I range, there's vegetables that. that I don't really eat. And every year I'll go and have them to see, has that changed? Yeah. And our sexuality changes over the years. Of course. Things that never interested us before all of a sudden wake up and say, wow, that was exciting. You watch a movie, you read a book, and there's a little something that says something woke up. Mm. You because want we are dynamic beings. Yeah, but you want to be identified with something. You want to be acceptable. You want to be socially acceptable. And you actually don't really – change is painful. Yeah, and when you go on a sexual journey of exploration of yourself, 
by the nature of the society we have created, you start to separate yourself from so much of that mm. because of the judgment, because of the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment. And very often the presumption is, and for most people this is true, there's no structure to explore that until you go looking for it. And I promise you it's out there through us, through other organizations, through some of the tantric world, um, through some of the, the gay, the transgender. The every, it's out there. There is support. There are places to have these discussions. Yeah, but sometimes it's difficult to find them. And, you know, especially when we talk about support spaces, it's one of the, the points that I often make. There's a balance mm. between accessibility and safety because society isn't on the level yet. You know, the things that we're discussing yeah. now, I mean, I, I think it's wrong. They're not progressive things, but they are seen as progressive. Mm. You know, this is mainstream mm. stuff, but it's not viewed as mainstream. We're seen as progressive. And it means that there's risk involved with us. Sure there is. You know, I mean, there are people who hate what we do. They're absolutely. And in order to make it as available as we can, we still have to balance our own safety because, you know, if someone's waiting for us outside Cliff Central with a machete, you know, <laughs> and they slice us to ribbons, we're not going to be able to help anyone else after that. Mm. Exactly. Gareth, we need security, please. <laughs> um, uh, but security to studio, please. Security. <laughs> so how do we start changing a lot of this? We change it within ourselves. That's where it all begins. And um, there's a wonderful old saying. I like stories. Just because you're saying it doesn't make it an old saying. No, but this one is. comes from like <laughs> You're not that old, John T. No, this really you're from, not. This one comes from way, this way, This one way comes way from back. the Last Supper. It comes from even before the Last Supper. No, it was after the Last Supper. So it's an old Jewish story. Old Jewish story. Ive. So it's most likely before, but yeah. Anyway. yeah. Stay tuned for the Meshagas. And it simply says, how do you save the world? You save one person. That's how you save the world. So let's take that and let's extrapolate a little bit from it. Mm. How do we change the world? By changing ourselves. And the first part of that is simply looking at ourselves and acknowledging who we are. The more that we can do that, the more we're giving somebody else that space. And the more we can share that. That's very true and it's something that I believe in. And very strong. And that's it. Just look at who we are. And when it comes to the racial issues, it's exactly the same thing. As you guys have said, look at who you are. Look at what it is that you've believed. Look at it that what you have done. Just while so, we're on the subject. And then instead I do, of race, put the word sex there. Who yeah. are you sexually? Yeah. What have you done sexually? Well, while we are on the subject of race, I yes. do have to make the disclaimer that as a bunch of white people sitting in the studio, we're not... We're not entirely representative, and we need to acknowledge no, that we as do. well. We do. Fully. You know, this is not the. A lot of times, we yeah. we don't have the agency to comment no. on sexuality, Shah. Sure. Hmm. But I I have to throw that in and there. I, and I have to tell you that the people of color who were invited to the show declined. And that's Small. fine. Absolutely, that is fine. Yeah, absolutely, of course it's fine. that is absolutely yeah. fine. But but it is an so open important. invitation. Absolutely, it's just at the same time we, we need to, to acknowledge that the white is fine. Positive, yeah. Yeah. You know? so so positive. Read something. Negative. Watch something on the internet that challenges your sexuality. Come to a workshop. Do something that will allow you mm. that expansion. Go on Cam Four. Own more acknowledge. Go on Cam Four. It's a biggie. So on a slightly different topic, Devan asks: Is it true your lips color is your nipples color? Hmm. I thought it was the head of your penis's color. Hmm. Well, I think kind of it depends who you're talking to, Devan. I'd say that there might be a little bit of something in that, but fair chance it's not a hard and fast rule. We can do a randomized control trial. Absolutely. So, tops up, everybody. <laughs> and that's the same for everybody, men and women, because it's exactly the same. So, and, and then we have to ask, what lips are you talking about, Devan? Yes. I, I think mm. you meant those lips, because mm. you're talking about... I think so. Yeah. Anyway. So that was interesting. Next week, <laughs> I have decided, because we are kind of having to wrap things up here. This is, it's a huge conversation. This so and needs to it go It kind further. of goes on and on. Mm. And I think every now and then we are going to come back and dip into various oh, aspects yeah. of if it. We can just so anybody doors, who would love thing. to have and contribute to this conversation, you are so welcome mm. from any point of view. Please let us know and we will come back to this. 
Next week, I thought it was a very fascinating and wonderful time to go into the back door. Anal play, anal stimulation, anal massage, anal toys, anal pleasure. How do you do it? Because a lot of questions have come my way this week about it. Well, donuts. So donuts, definitely. Christopher, you're so welcome because it's <laughs> something that you know just a little bit about. Oh, I don't know. I can go back in the memory <laughs> banks, I'm sure. So that is where we are going next week, and it would be absolutely wonderful to hear your views on that. There's going to be and extra space in the studio because I'm not going to be here, <laughs> unfortunately. Where are you going? I am going to Seattle. <gasps> Seattle, Seattle Coffee? Washington. Seattle, Washington. That I'm, is so I'm sure exciting. they do have coffee. How <laughs> is somebody letting you on an airplane? I have absolutely that? no idea. <laughs> I went to the consulate yesterday and yes. I got my visa approved and I was as shocked as anyone. So that is You're just fantastic. So you're just yeah. going away? You just like I'm just going coincidentally, absolutely randomly to visit my girlfriend. <gasps> fantastic. That is I wonderful. So I'm flying to Seattle for love and I'm going to be MIA for a couple of weeks. Well, mm. as long no as you way. bring us back some really nice coffee, you are forgiven. No, if I can find some, I will bring it. As long as if you, you can't find time. it in Seattle, you can't find it anywhere in the world. I'll go there and I'll tell them Jaunty said so. That's it. So that's what it is. I'm so, so excited. That is next week. So make sure your cute little butt is in the studio, please, next Friday night. I'll perk it. I'll perk it for you. That's it. Yeah, perk remember it, to do your butt ups before it, you come in. Enema it, whatever you, you've you need seen, to You've do. seen that thing about um, angel... Anal bleaching. Of course, mm. we're talking yeah, about we it. Talked if I, get I mean, changing your ringtone. Yeah, love it. Changing so, Gonzo, rings. Gonzo porn is a type of porn that focuses just on the hardcore sex as opposed to the extraneous fluff in a mainstream porn movie, such as set design, costumes, and plot. Not that there's Hello. a lot of it, but there's some of it. <laughs> And the scenes are often characterized people, yeah. by POV shots, which Told is GoPro. point of view yeah. shots. Well done. Nailed and you did. Often um, make the viewer feel like they're in the scene. Lots and lots of genital close-ups. So the origins come from Hunter S. Thompson, who is just an awesome, awesome writer, was. Gonzo journalism. Gonzo journalism, which means putting yourself in the story. And if you haven't read Hunter S. Thompson, especially Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and that description of driving in the Cadillac, stoned in the desert, I've read that probably 30 times, and every time I'm on the floor with it, it really cracks me up. Okay. So. I've only seen the movie. So next door is back, d next week is <laughs> next back door, week. next door. <laughs> yeah, next door studio, the back door stuff is happening. Must we do so, it in the practical demonstration? And Can we come in us? through the main entrance? Though? Absolutely, <laughs> any way you like. And um, some fascinating stuff, your stories, your questions, and how you can have the most awesome anal sex. Chester Maynard, amazing guy, who is one of the foremost teachers of anal massage in the world for health, for meditation, for relaxation, has a wonderful saying. And I will find the link, and I'll send it to Dory to put on our page. Open your ass and your heart will follow. I like that. Workshop this week is one of the most important workshops in sexual skills. Lick a lollipop, eat a peach. How do you have the most awesome oral sex experiences? Needless it, to say that you're not taking your clothes off while doing it. No, it's a very no. safe workshop for singles, for couples. And you get this lollipop. We are going to do something really special this week for Cliff Central listeners. A two for one. Two for mm. Two, we'll people put it on come, our page. two people come for the price of one. Cool. Some awesome Valentine's two people specials. Watch for the price of one. Yes, yes. yes. two people too. come for the price of one. Yep. Two. So that has yes. lots of interesting We'll, we'll put on our, on our hashtag. Yes. No innuendo. Beautiful yes. um, Valentine specials on our DVDs on the website www.eroslife.co.za. So please visit there. And next up is Casper and the team which is very cool to have them all back. We're ending the show with a really special song today. So I have, as I said earlier this week, the most phenomenal feedback from people. And somebody sent me this song about the impact that this journey has had on her, which really, really touched me. And that's where we are ending. So thank you all so much. This was really special, was really important. Thank you. Um, thank you. And we wish you all so much pleasure. This is CliffCentral.com.